Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Gio and Joey show. Our busy schedules have allowed us to get back together, the two of us. It's been a while. Joey, how are you doing? Better than I deserve. Amen, brother. Introduce to the audience what we're going to see. We have two clips here. Set it up, and then we'll go ahead and watch the clips. I I'm sure at this point, everyone and their mother has already seen this guy. He kind of took the internet by storm a couple of weeks ago, Oliver Anthony. Actually, that's not his name. His name is Chris something. But the name, his, his stage name, Oliver Anthony. And he's kind of taking the uh, internet by storm. And I think because what he's singing about, right, this is kind of plight of like the downtrodden, right, like working class people in America. I think it resonates with a lot of people. A lot of people are scared. They feel like, the, you know, their future's been taken away. Their history has been degraded, right? They don't have their, the moorings of faith that we once had in our society. And so people just kind of feel unmoored. And I think this song struck a nerve. And then his couple follow-up interviews that he did on Joe Rogan and then Jordan Peterson that we're going to react to. I think it just really struck with, and I think it has something to say about politics, culture, and the state of politics, culture, and faith in America. So thought we'd react to it and give our, give our pontifications. <laughs> you know, I had people send me this video, so it's not the first time I watch it. And I think it does capture the mood that people are feeling. Let's go ahead and watch that, and then we react. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me. Just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is living in the new world with an old soul. These rich men know the rich men, Lord knows it all. Just wanna have total control, wanna know what you think, wanna know what you do. Look out for miners, and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the whole beast milking welfare. Well, God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground, cause all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down. Lord, it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Your dollar hangs and it's taxed to no end. Cause the rich men, not the rich men. 
been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for pay. There you go, folks. You can hear the frustration in his voice, but he's not speaking just on his own accord. I think he is properly voicing the feelings of millions of Americans. Joey, your thoughts as you heard the song. Yeah, so I, I just don't want to do what a lot of uh, political pundits and people do on the right, and I think we can't have nice things, is because they, they go to this and they're criticizing, well, his political philosophies confused he can't tell is he against the the richmond north from richmond or is he against the poor you know woman on welfare or whatever it's like no i think you're making a mistake he's not advocating a political philosophy this is art this is music he's speaking from his heart and he's saying things that resonate with a lot of people what i think we should take away from it is how do we understand what 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 resonates with people so that we can actually minister to people, so we can help people, whether that be through our political society, right, and statescraft, or more importantly, I think, through the institution that you and I both are invested in, the church, which I think has largely, in many ways, failed a lot of working class, just normal blue collar people. Um, not not always, obviously, right, the church, you know, is good and bad at all times, like, like everything. But I think there's something for us to, to glean from, like, what is it that's resonating with people? And I think there's people who ve who feel, and I think in many cases rightfully, that our elite class disdains them, and sometimes they sometimes the church gets viewed in with that elite class. I agree. Look, I think, and we should do an episode one day where I believe the problems that society face today is actually grounded not in secular thought, not in atheistic thought, but in actual the church. I think the church has caused the cognitive dissonance that we see in society today. For example, the fact that men don't think they're men or women sometimes think they can be men is caused by the fact that some people read scripture and, for example, say certain things are not certain things when scripture is pretty clear on that. I don't want to get into it right now, but you can't say that the Ten Commandments say this, but it means this when it clearly says this. And that cognitive dissonance, well, if the church can play pretend, then we can play pretend as well. So that's a different topic for a different day. But I, gathering your point is the fact that many people are frustrated with society. And the worst thing is they don't feel they have an outlet or someone in authority to listen to them. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And there's one, there's two lines actually that are back to back that I think are really important and shed something really deep and profound. But there's the line, right, about if you're the old beast on welfare, right, and if you're 300 pounds and five foot three, right, then taxes ought not pay for your bag of fudge rounds. And then the next line is young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground because all this country does, cleaning up his language a bit, all this country does is shove them down. Now, is that true? Like, is all the country? No, no, but I think there's something deeper there that I do think is true. And that but the kind of culture that we're, that our society and the higher-ups promote is crushing, and I think specifically to men, right? Because, like, what are men told at every turn, right? Oh, you're toxic, right? You're natural 
impulses, right? Your aggressiveness, your anger, all that things that's in you, right? That's toxic. And I think that's, that's something that the church needs to reckon with. We need to reckon with politically is that these adrift men looking for a vision, right? The, the man problem, right? I know Christine Emba has actually done some pretty good work on this, I think in the Washington, Washington Post or the Washington Journal, where she talks about the crisis of masculinity and how it actually hurts everybody, right? When men don't have purpose and men don't have a vision. So I think that's something that, that Al, Oliver Anthony is obviously speaking to that I think the church and political society would do well to uh, pay attention to. We need to get to a point where men have their proper value in society. And I think for many years, men could have and have come across as abusive, but that pendulum is swinging the opposite side where men are being devalued to the point where many are losing purpose or unfortunately going to the to people like Andrew Tate, who may have some good principle, but overall his philosophy is toxic for the long-term viability and health, mental and physical, of men. There is another scene we want to show and react to of this young man with Jordan Peterson. Let's put that on the screen, and then we'll talk about that. And are you interested in people, or do you like socializing? I think I'm, I'm very, I'm interested in people. I think, I think my draw to, my draw to want to be more excluded from society is because of some of the pitfalls we talked about earlier. Like I, I to see, me, it's, I see. yeah, I find it depressing sometimes to be, especially here in Virginia, this is a phenomenon that happens everywhere, but especially on the East coast in like semi-rural Virginia, everything looks exactly the same. Now it's, it's a Starbucks and a target and a multifamily project and whatever, sort of uniqueness and diversity each town had is sort of gone. Everything has just sort of become this like retail dystopian nightmare, you know? Uh, and I see a lot of farm, a lot of farms being bought up and converted into neighborhoods and subdivisions. And because farms can't make the money that if they're not through a commercial contract. And so, yeah, just like, it's just depressing to see the way the landscapes changed over a period of time. And so I think that's really what that's what motivated me to go. And, you know, even like like we're here in Richmond filming today and Richmond is a gorgeous city and it has such a deep history. But, yeah, like it's not what it was. And and you start to you see a lot of homelessness and you, you just it's evident when you're out in public that things aren't the way they should be. What I glean from that real quick is he's right. They're trying to make us all cookie cutter and lose our individuality. And you see it not only in the messages promoted to young men and to society, but also in neighborhoods. Like he said, I laughed or chuckled inside when he said, it's all housing development with a Walmart and a Target and a Starbucks, and all the neighborhoods are starting to look like that. Your thoughts? Yeah, so th this, this quote, this part of this interview, so I've listened to every interview he's done, right? multiple times just because it's I, I resonate deeply with a lot of the things he's saying but this clip really struck a chord with me because the small town that i grew up in small town in rural southwest michigan and we've seen that right we've seen old farms in my town like sold 
and then somebody comes and puts a new house right in the middle of what would have been a farm field, right? They tear down the old house, some of the houses, the 1800s, beautiful brick houses to these prefab, ugly, modern monstrosities. Um, and then in our town, right, of course, legal pot has come in, right? So then they put up these shade fence. But I think it actually, it does something to the psyche, right? Because like, Christian nationalists, and this is something Gio and I have been critical of, they, they always talk about, like, we need to go to the national level, and that's how we're going to make America great. But I actually think most of what we, the difference we can make, right, as men, right, as families, as churches, is local. And one thing that I'm struck with, right, when I'm just driving through these towns, like, there's a few of them left, these old courthouses. And these old courthouses are beautiful. But I'm going to compare two towns. There's this town of Pawpaw, Michigan, near me, if anyone knows. And there's a town of Allegan. Allegan, you know, a couple decades ago, they tore down their beautiful old courthouse. And they built this new one, which the, it's this modern, straight up, glass. You, you, can, you, you can, I'm sure you can think of the building I'm describing because it's one in a million corporate buildings. And it's ugly. And it just, it doesn't inspire awe and wonder, right? In other words, there was a time, this isn't just medieval Europe, but this is Protestant America, where people knew they had an idea of the transcendent. And so in everything they did, they did things to like honor God, right? They built beautiful buildings. And like when you look now, we build these ugly buildings. We, we have subdivisions with houses that look exactly the same, right? We, we're not inspired with wonder. And I think that actually has an effect, right? The conservative philosopher, Sir Roger Scruton, he just said it was like, Right? It goes back to the three transcendentals, the true, the good, and the beautiful. And conservatives, modern conservatives, have been really good at focusing on the truth. But the truth without beauty, right, that's pretty depressing as well. And I think there's just something to small-town America right, and the problems it's facing. right. And obviously it's a bigger conversation around you know, globalization as stolen jobs from you know, these working-class people right, and then the opioid crisis. Right? We have to be thinking, right, and I'm going to spe specifically as Christians, is how do we give people the meaning and the wonder and the, the purpose and drive in life that's so often missing? I think that's, that's kind of the essential question of our age. You know, for me, as you were talking about that, you know, I live in a national forest here in the Houston area, Sam Houston National Forest. And when I go for a walk in the early morning, where it's still a little, little cool, it's Texas, so everything is blazing hot. But on those cool mornings, I see deer, I see jackrabbits, I see other animals just going through the forest. And I am reminded that I live in beauty. But just several miles down the road, I enter Houston. And and the contrast cannot be more glaring. And I believe that for mental health, not only of men, but families, to live out in nature, to be one with nature, to be in commune with the God of nature in nature. If you ever have time for devotional life outside in nature, it is that much more appealing and more in touch with the divine than having your devotional life in some white room or dark room with no windows or seeing concrete jungle. And so I think what America is missing is 
a desire or a call back to a simpler life. We're always so consumed with either media or on the get-go that we forget to take it easy and relax and to enjoy the beauties all around us. I agree. So, Joey, as we wrap up this shorter video on this discussion, what would you hope for the audience, not only from our show, but from this young man singing his frustration? What would you recommend for them to overcome that type of frustration they may be feeling? Well, the first thing, focus less, right, on the big picture, the national politics, because that's where, like, focus on it, right? We're coming into an election season. Be a good citizen. Be informed. Vote. Vote your conscience, right? All that. I'm not saying neglect the national, but focus less on that. And in your local community, right, which can be much easier for you to make a difference. Find a local church, find, you know, maybe your local Republican party, find, you know, your local library. Maybe you can volunteer for like some kids story times, some appropriate kids story times, right? Right. Don't just complain about drag story hour, but like maybe get your, get your local pastor to do a pastor's story hour in your town, but do something local, invest in a community, right? Even if you, and here's the other thing. Even if you don't like your local church, even if it, it irritates you, commit to it, right? Decide you're like, you know what? Regardless of the fact that maybe some of these people are old or annoying or the music is off-putting, commit to it. Go every week, right? For us as Adventists, we take go every Sabbath, every Saturday. But, you know, for our non-Adventist friends, find a local community that's going on Sunday, right? If that's going to be the community you're going to commit to, commit to it. Commit to the people in it. Go to all the social events that you can. Go to prayer meeting, right? Start a Bible study in your home. Do something local, right? And you the difference that I think you'll be able to make, right, will be it'll see it'll be small, but in a in a big way, those small things are what will, if anything, will save our culture and our society. That's what it'll be by each of us doing our part on the local level. That's what I would. That's what would be my recommendation. Yeah, and I, I resonate with that because it is about understanding your relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to make uh, a thorough examination of, of where you stand with him. Uh, the Bible in 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, examine yourself to see if you're still in the truth. Because you have to be true to yourself. And once you find that, once you establish your relationship with Christ, he will inspire you locally. You don't have to run off to Israel or some long-term mission. He will inspire you locally to make a change. Because if you can save one person from depression, from heartache, from frustration, from feeling helpless in this world, you would have made a world of difference to that person. So until next time on the Gio and Joey Show, Make sure your relationship with Christ is centered and do some good in society because as you spread joy, peace, and love, you will find it resonating back to you. And if there should come some heartache and some pain, like the expression shared in this song, you know that in Christ you can have the peace that passes all understanding. Until next time, God bless.